everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the podcast brought to you by the Filipino undergraduates abroad. So Julian, who are we and what are we doing here? Hey, Blado. So I think the best way to like really explain about who we are is to tell everyone why we even formed this community. And I think it's primarily because um, we all have these very unique experiences as homegrown Filipinos deciding to explore the world in our different, you know, countries. And um, yeah, and I think we just wanted to have that, you know, good space to talk to people about what we go through and people that could resonate with our experiences. And I think more than that, like an extended thing is how we're also passionate about what we do. I mean, we have people in STEM, we have people in um, economics who want to do in like pre-law courses, I mean, majors, well, the same thing. Um, and yeah, and I think a lot of us want to bring that home in any way we can. And so I think that's like the main reason we're here today is to share with everyone our experiences and find more people who could resonate with us too. And I think there's more in store after this too. Um, Calvin can talk about that, right? Yeah, for sure. So for um, this episode, we're mainly just going to be, you know, sort of introducing ourselves, um, talking about, you know, what is our experience like as, you know, homegrown Filipino students studying abroad? And um, is it like really what we expected? Or were there any like shocks that um, culture shocks that we had to overcome? And then in the future, we're also going to talk about, you know, other kinds of topics, such as um, the application process. You know, that's definitely something that um, a lot of people, like, I know a lot of people in the Philippines, they're curious about, like, um, pursuing their studies abroad, but they're scared off by, you know, like, the application process. Like, it's like, how do I even apply? Like, what's an SAT? Like, is it that expensive? Um, so, you know, uh, just going to be covering a broad range of topics pretty much concerning um, why we chose to study abroad, what we hope to do with it, and also helping other people who share that common interest. So to get the ball rolling here, um, we're gonna start with, <laughs> we're gonna start with, <laughs> so to get the ball, I, can get the, I can get the ball rolling. So hi everyone, my name is Calvin. Um, I'm a second year political science student at UC San Diego. Um, I'm pre-law, and so for me, um, uh, I have a bit of a different experience from everyone else here, being that um, I actually grew up mainly in the U.S., and then I moved back to the Philippines, and I did high school in the Philippines, and now I'm back here in the U.S. for university. What high school, Calvin? I'm kidding. No, you don't have to, you don't have to share. No, that's cool. Um, yeah, so I went to USD high school. Shout out USD, SHS, JHS. Um, so yeah. Uh, how about you, Julian? So for me, I study in Marquette University. Um, I'm a sophomore and I major in biochemistry and molecular biology. And I don't really like to flex this, but I mean, I just want to like share the fact that the good thing about studying in the U.S. is that you can do a lot of majors and minors. I know a lot of people doing double majors and minors and stuff, but I minor in biophysics, which is, I know, pretty crazy, right? But, you know, I think it's really great. I think it's good for what I want to do in the future, and it's good for my own interests. Um, I also, I grew up based in Philippines, born and raised, you know, and I wanted to study abroad 
to explore, I guess. Um, and the opportunity presented itself. And, you know, sometimes when it does, you just got to grab it. So, yeah, let's hear it from Gabby, too. Um, where are you studying? And, like, what's, like, why did you decide to go to US, wherever you study? Hello. So I'm Gabby. I'm a second year undergraduate student at the University of California, San Diego. I go to the same school as Calvin. We're in the same year. Uh, I double major in data science and math economics. Um, and well, I like math, you know, it's uh, something that I've always, I've always enjoyed. In high school, I was terrible at math. I failed math a lot, but I found that after being rejected from the two courses that I listed as my first and second choice, that math is actually very pleasant. And uh, that's why I do that now. Uh, other than that, you know, being in the US is, is a very interesting experience. It's very eye-opening. Having done high school in the Philippines was, um, it really set the foundation for my future learnings. Uh, now, I don't really have anything else to say because I don't like talking. So Nicole is going to go next. Nicole, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Hi, I'm Nicole. Um, I'm a third year university student at Okayama University in Japan. Um, I'm studying, I'm under a interdisciplinary program which allows you to basically take any classes in the whole university and within the course, which is divided into like um, social sciences, culture, and science classes, I think. Yeah, I joined this program because um, after graduating from a science high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to focus in and I wanted my options to be open. But currently I'm studying agriculture and I'm focusing on agrochemical biosciences. Yeah, so that's me. And how about Ms. Polido? Who are you? Hi, I'm Polido. I, I go to, I go to, I'm a second year. I'm a second year microbiology major at UCLA. And the reason I went, is, the reason I went abroad is the opportunity presented itself. If you know me, you know that this wasn't what I thought I would be doing for college and abroad, but the opportunity presented itself. And um, I think there's such a large, there's such a broad um, amount of things that can, you know, it can be done because of that. I think it's a real privilege and yeah, very happy to see, very excited to see where this takes me and where we're going next actually. So um, I think one thing we all have in common is that um, we all have a lot of, we all had a lot of expectations coming in. I feel like that's true for any educational experience or any experience at all. But I think maybe you guys would want, you guys would want to talk about maybe the things that surprised you or the things that were kind of different from what you expected. Um, does anyone want to start with what they were expecting from college and what they found was um, really unexpected? I actually, I'll, I'll start. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. You, go ahead. You, you do you. Yeah, actually, I'll start. I'll start with academics, actually. So coming from a science high school, I was really expecting basically the same um, 
same thing a lot of coursework a lot 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 of coursework and then maybe a few projects on the side but what i have found with um, the academics at ucla in particular is that there's really a lot of room to explore to explore your field and beyond that in you know experiences outside of academics so be it um orgs or research or even just being part of student life I feel like there's a lot more time for that than there was in like high school or something else that was way that was super course forward. So I'm um, Gabby. What did you have to say? Um, yeah, actually, I felt the same way. I was surprised by just how much freedom and flexibility you have uh, being able to study in the U.S. I mean, if we compare it to uh, what people in Atene or UP tend to study, there isn't a lot of wiggle room in terms of what kind of courses you get to take. But in the U.S., you can kind of like design your whole education to fit exactly what you want to do. And um, I'm extremely, I think we're all extremely lucky to have that kind of freedom. And um, yeah, Gabby, that, I actually, yeah, Gabby, I actually didn't know that you were a data science double major now. Oh, that's right, Calvin. Well, uh, that's a great segue into, uh, you know, I really thought that it would be difficult um, to move to the U.S. and to study uh, things in the US. I, uh, I, I expected the same level of academic rigor almost as what I would experience in high school, especially considering how, how difficult the college application process is and just how selective these schools are. I would have, um, I felt like, you know, the handful of schools that you barely get into are going to challenge you to like the highest level. And so far that hasn't been my experience. Um, and that's why I decided to double major, uh, just because I didn't feel like I was sweating enough, you know? Uh, so that's why, that's why we're here now. Yeah, I feel that. Um, yeah, I think I want to be that voice for people who go into university with zero expectations at all. Um, for me, it was different because, um, I mean, yeah, an opportunity to study in Marquette University because they have this scholarship called Global Scholar. And if you guys are interested in um, studying here in a really good Jesuit school in the middle of the country, I encourage you all to like apply but it's really good like I had zero expectations I've never actually been to Marquette before I went and so it was an interesting thing because like I don't know I was just learning things and I was just like okay cool this is I wasn't expecting this and then there were also things that like oh I thought this would be hard yeah like similar to them but mostly I was just kind of like vibing with whatever happened which I think helped me enjoy college or university in a different way particularly I just did whatever I could like um in my college we have like a Filipino org and I was just like you know what I'll join like sounds fun and stuff like that and here's where I found some of the like closest friends I've ever had which is interesting because I mean yeah I'm they're Filipinos but their their culture is kind of different but also kind of the same so it's like interesting to see that and in terms of academics though I also kind of like overloaded myself because I've, yeah, at first it felt like, wow, this is kind of light. But then, you know, it got crazy because I pushed my, I feel like I pushed myself too much this semester. But the fun thing for me, like my favorite thing about my university is the research opportunities. So I work in the lab, like I have a lot of like um, control over my own research project. And I think, yeah, I think that's, that's one of the, the unexpected but fun things about going to university in the US. So, yeah. Yeah, so for me, um, 
really just echoing a lot of what you guys are saying about like academic freedom. So for me, I mean, I'm a political science major and for um, a long time, I was actually an econ double major, but then um, sort of, I just decided to, I decided to just minor in econ instead so that I could also minor in sociology. So yeah, I have two minors. Um, just like you guys, I also thought like, when I'm really not pressuring myself enough, but hey, just disclaimer, it's perfectly okay to, you know, not be overloading yourself. Don't ever feel guilty about, you know, feeling that kind of pressure of like wanting to overwork yourself. That's not a very healthy thing to do. We don't recommend it. But anyway, so for me, um, yeah, like I said, I used to be a double major in econ and it was literally like so easy to not just pick up the double major, but also drop it as well and to pick up minors like it's like it, like even changing majors like except for some um except for certain uh majors which which are like capped so mostly those are in like engineering um except for those majors like it's actually super super easy to change your major it's literally just with a click of a button on a website and so that's like so different from you know the experience like in uh Philippine universities like I hear from my friends at like um, Atene or La Salle like they have to fill out like a whole application just to switch to a different major that's like actually pretty similar to theirs whereas like we literally just have to like press a button so yeah um how about you Nicole I'll add something long uh like in Japan it's not as easy to change majors because especially for like the regular Japanese students like, as in, hindi pa nila narinig na nagpapalit ka ng um, major. So, I feel like maybe in the US, it might be, like, an easier thing to do. But in Japan, it's really not, like, um, it's really, like, a new idea. And, like, the fact that I'm in an inter interdisciplinary course, parang the people in my course have more freedom to explore what they want to learn. Kaya, I think it's, like, a special area in my opinion. Ayun. But do you guys still have anything to add about like academics and stuff? Yeah. No? Okay. I, I mean, go, go, go. I was just, just going to say like, I think it's super valuable though that we have that as university students because I mean, the thing is, I mean, we're just, we're just kind of kids, you know, we're still trying to discover what we like to do and what really interests interest us. So I think for me, that's like, that's like what I, I appreciate with the fact that, you know, we have all this freedom to really um, decide and make it our own. But yeah, although um, just like a sidetrack, like in, in Jesuit schools though, we have a core curriculum. So there's like some like classes that you have to take, but only to an extent after that, you can take whatever the hell you want. I know STEM majors minoring in philosophy. And I know a lot of people are like, what? That's so weird. No, but it makes so much sense. And I can talk about that on a different podcast. But like, yeah, I, I think it's great. And I think Polito wants to add something about yeah, that. Yeah, I just wanted, I was going to say, I'm, a, I'm thinking of, I'm thinking of minoring in like, um, in writing. So it's definitely true. It's very, we're very fortunate to be able to minor in things that aren't just like STEM or like STEM forward. But I think it's really interesting how, um, the the how easier how difficult it is to switch in and out of majors is has this has a distinct culture depending on where you are and um like it's it's really cool that we have a lot of academic freedom here in the u.s it it's just that it comes with its own like 
it does come with a few drawbacks in that if you um in that like the academics tend to be very um i don't i don't want to say culture they, i don't want to say um they the academics feel like they are being superior to everyone else or feel like um they're putting down every every other academic culture because i feel like that's prominent in academia but i think that's the interesting thing about having a very global perspective is that you can kind of see where institutions are you know can, where the room for growth is in different institutions right and i think that reflects in the way that you know academic culture exists so um we have a, we're, we're representative of, of a few academic cultures here so we have japan us a little bit of the philippines because we all came from high schools in the philippines so maybe we should talk about um how these cultural differences affect our experience of the academic world I think I can start with. Um, I don't know. I I wasn't really. I didn't really know what to expect before coming to Japan. But for some reason, my assumption was everybody would know how to speak English to a certain extent. Pero no pagkarating ko dito, it was like I walang nakakasalita ng English dito. So like before going to Japan, I didn't really study Japanese that extensively because I thought because since my program is like an English program I was like okay I don't need to I don't need to learn Japanese I can like just focus on my studies but uh, I think in the first year siguro, like a lot of my study my EU my credits was focused on Japanese language studies just to survive and um by I think the latter half of my second year, I started taking most. No, I started taking yeah most, if not all, of my classes in Japanese, which I think is, I don't know. As a, I did not know that that that's what my life was leading to, in the beginning. But anyway, like I never knew how big the language in Japan was, until I came here and like realize that ah, even if I join like an org nobody there is gonna talk to me in English I just have to learn and like kind of like adapt to them which to me was strange so yeah, yeah that's, no, that's that, how it was that sounds really difficult and I think that's like a huge contrast to I think what a lot of us studying in America experience like the fact that I think it's like quite the opposite because I have the advantage of being bilingual I think which probably not a lot of Americans think it's an advantage but that's the thing like going into America because I we all have been exposed so much to American culture like going in was like pretty smooth like you know I, I didn't really feel so much shock because you know there's so much media that talks about America that like we speak English so well and yeah it's a lot of that things that we, we can relate to a lot of the things American college kids do or think about because you know, like I said like are we're very Americanized in a sad way but it's an advantage for us and um yeah like it's also funny like the, about being you know bilingual because I have a lot of like I said I, I'm in like this Filipino org and a lot of them can understand and some can even speak fluent Tagalog and it's really interesting it's like it's a fun advantage to have like to be able to like 
<laughs> to, to like talk to each other in our own language and be like, oh, you know, okay, I'm not gonna say anything, but <laughs> it's something like that. It's really yeah. Sorry, go ahead. But I think the interesting thing too is that it depends where you go in the U.S. Because uh, in the Midwest, um, I think the culture is very, very different from either the West or the East. I mean, I like the culture here. I mean, it's super laid back in Milwaukee. It's such a great city, I think. There's so much to do. And it's really fun. I think the people are also super friendly. Um, but I don't know. What's it, what's it like in California? I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if I speak for all of us. But for, I mean, in terms of cultural familiarity cultural familiarity i don't know for me personally i actually had a very opposite experience i thought i would be very familiar with like the culture especially because like we grew up on a lot of american media we grew up on we grew up speaking speaking really good english and like having their culture and ideals built into our into our educational system and entertainment systems so i thought it would be like a much easier transition than it was but I think the individualistic culture that exists in both the U.S. as a whole and academia was very jarring, honestly. And like, I like it here. It's pretty cool. But um, I think we should, I, I could do a whole other episode on this, but I think it's very interesting how we exist within this framework because, you know, the Philippines was colonized by America. So it makes us think, and we're, we're still very much affected by the U.S. So I don't know, in a, in a very sad way, that cultural familiarity is um, is very familiar, but at the same time, very different. Like it's in the small, it's in the little things and in the like the very pervasive things that you don't fully um, grasp until you grasp it, you know? So you want to like give like a specific example of what you're saying? I think it's also in the individualistic culture. It's very me, me, me here. It's very consumption. How do I succeed versus how does my how like how what can i do for everything else you know does that make oh, sense like, in, like yeah, for example, in academics it's very competitive and you're mostly looking out for yourself versus um when i don't know but this was our i don't know if you guys had this experience but in high school it was very much like we're all in this together and i don't know if that's a school specific thing but you know i wonder how it was like for you for you guys calvin uh, gabby if you felt anything similar down there in SD. Yeah, so for um, me, it's really interesting that you point out the individualistic thing. And so, I mean, you know, for me, like I mainly like grew up in the US, like I spent my childhood here. So you'd think like I'd be like pretty comfortable like coming back. But me, since, you know, I did high school in the Philippines. And so I really got, and those are very like, you know, formative years of your life. And so I really got acclimated to that, you know, collectivist, uh, by any Han Filipino culture and so that individ- individualism aspect that you talk about it actually I think it relates a lot to the ben- to the academic freedom that we were talking about earlier so I think that that's one of the drawbacks of that huge like academic freedom because like you're kind of just like on your own you're forced to fend for yourself like no one's no one's going to um no one's going to like punish you if you stray from like your major because I mean no one's like looking over your shoulder to guide you or anything like you're on your own like freedom has its benefits but also has like its responsibilities and it's also interesting so like I mean in America like at UCLA and at UCSD 
um, probably also at like Marquette as well. Like we have those huge like 300 person lecture halls where like you can go the entire quarter or semester without knowing a single person in your class. And there's 300 people in your class. Whereas if you compare that to like, you know, the experiences of like my friends uh, who attend university in the Philippines, like, you know, they're, they're, they have, some of them have block mates, um, even those that go to schools that don't really have blocks, like they still like form really close friendships with their classmates. But for it here, like, like you said, it's so individualistic, like you have to, it's, you have to fend for yourself in many different ways. You have to like go out and find friends. You have to go out and like introduce yourself to your seatmates. Otherwise, like you're never going to, you're just going to sort of be floundering. Uh, Gabby, and there's so about, much selling yourself, you know? Yeah, yeah. Gabby, how do you, how, how do you feel about UCSD well, or SoCal? I guess, first of all, there is, there is a lot of selling yourself. You know, you really have to put yourself out there if you want to stand a chance of making friends. Um, I mean, aside from the people you live with, if you do decide to live on campus, you really are on your own most of the time. Um, but what I have noticed, it's a little bit better in, um, I guess, the more, like, the more STEM classes. I, I feel like you, um, okay, I know that Polito is in STEM, right? But from what I've noticed as a data science major, particularly like classes with a lot of programming, there is a lot of collaborative effort. You know, like uh, people will help you out. Um, I just jump on a class Discord uh, with like a bunch of people and they'll help me out with homework. And that's, um, that's something that I notice only in science related classes. Like if, if I go, if I take like my writing class or, or um, my psychology class, it's, you are on your own. You, I really felt like I was on my own. And it's like, it's almost like people don't really want to work with you, you know? Okay. Um, in defense of the humanities and the social sciences, um, I think it might be, um, for one thing, I think that's also like, okay, this could be a whole nother podcast episode as well, but like with the changes of like how COVID and like online learning, like the rise of Discord servers has definitely made, you know, um, classes a lot more, uh, it, it's made it so much more easy, it's made it so much easier to connect with your classmates, but also, um, there's a lot of, it, it depends as well on like your class size. Like when, right. like when we go back to like the original format or like in-person classes, like, um, like I said, like the 300 person lecture halls, even though there's so many people, it's so like difficult to make friends compared to like, you know, like the 10 to 15 person discussion sections. That's your saying. Well, I think it, it more than class size, it also depends on like the culture of your major. I feel like different majors in different schools have different cultures, you know? And not to be the person that talks bad about pre-meds, but there are certain like tracks and like, like there are certain tracks that are a little bit more. Whoa there, whoa there. I'm, I'm not pre-med. Again. I'm not pre-med, so I can't fully speak on it. But no, but I see what you mean though. Yeah, there's a little bit of um a weird it's, competitive energy. No, there. but it's hard to blame them for it because medical school is probably way more competitive than you know college entrance. I, I can't really blame them for that. Yeah, I think it's part of what it's part of that individualistic culture that's bred by um for lack of better words, that's bred by med school and academia as yeah. a whole. Which is really funny and really sad because academia can't really progress without collaboration. No, it's and I true. feel like the level of like toxic competitiveness really hurts that spirit of collaboration, yeah. you know, the scientific spirit of inquiry. But yeah, yeah I don't, I'm curious. How but, I, it- but I guess like on this on the topic of this like individualism, I feel like 
I don't know why. I feel like I got super lucky with my with where I am. Because although, yeah, I can see the individualism, but it wasn't that bad for me. Maybe because I'm comfortable being alone, doing things on my own. Like personally, I'd rather study alone. I don't really like, which, which makes sense. It works out for me, right? But at the same time, honestly, I've made some of like the most, like the deepest relationships I've ever had here in Marquette. From like the friendships I have, from like uh, professors that I've talked to. My PI is super amazing. Shout out to Dr. Ryder. Yeah, no, (laughs) graduate students are super nice. They'll help you talk to them about their, you know, their life, what they work, where they're from. I love talking to like international graduate students. They always have a lot to like share about their life. And I think that's, although we say it is a really bad thing, but I feel like that's one of the things that you really gain from studying abroad. It makes you comfortable with being alone and therefore exploring things you never really thought you'd ever explore. And honestly, that's, I'm so happy to be where I am. I mean, granted that I got super lucky to be in Marquette, although like we got in-person classes since like last August, which is crazy, right? Because there's COVID. But, you know, it made me like experience a lot of things. It made me who I am. I know, but like, I think it's really great. Like, yeah. So, um, in Japan, like how how are people? Are there is there like an individualism, like an individualistic thing, too? Yeah, I feel like parang when I came here, tapos kasi iba naman talaga culture ng international students sa mga Hapon. So parang when I found out na parang everybody's living in their own apartment, na magisa lang sila, kasi parang their whole lives are like parang because they do everything like alone, like they just do like part time jobs, clubs. Study. Parang in, that's like how their world revolves. Pero like compared to what Gabby said earlier, na parang mas close yung mga tao na nasa science science courses versus homes. I feel like what I've observed in my school, parang people in the homes are more closely knit because I feel like they have like more chances in their classes to have like group discussions or something as compared to science classes which is mostly um lecture based so parang i i feel like the opposite of what you said but for me i feel like oh in japan i think if it's not in your courses that you find friends it's mainly your clubs or like your orgs so for me because i joined like the cheerleading club and i don't know like even if i didn't speak english at that time Parang since you were all struggling with the same things like training every like every like four times a week, tapos since like all the stress and all the like pressure in the club or something, I feel like me and my batchmates like became closer through all the struggle. So yeah, I feel like and I think that's the same with a lot of like circles and clubs in the school. Yeah, I feel like a big part of ja- in a big part of Japanese university culture is the clubs. But also, I also want to add, because from my second year, I take, I started taking classes from the regular agriculture faculty. So parang, I think it was a bit harder for me to make friends because it like it's a Japanese setting. Like, this is just for regular Japanese people. And I'm like the extra person that parang I don't really talk much. I'm a but since, you know, Japanese, is, I'm not like that great at Japanese. I can't be as dal as I am in Filipino or in 
English. But the great thing that I found na even if I'm in that setting is I have my international student friends. And I feel like international students, even if you're from different countries, since like all the struggle is so different, you're all trying to adapt to... No, I get that. Culture that's different. Yeah, parang everybody is just like close with each other and yeah. you're like, okay, let's, let's get through this together. I feel like that's where the closeness is. Yeah, yeah. me too. It's like that for me too. Like, honestly, for some reason, you just gravitate to each other. You know what I mean? Like, the same experience, the same like, oh shit, where are we? Where the heck is this place? What is this place? But... No, I also yeah. I feel my... like yeah. Can I just shout out to my Indonesian and my Vietnamese friends? <laughs> no. I feel like since we're like all from Southeast Asia, maybe not the same culture but like similar culture. So, parang my closest friends are probably like Indonesians and Vietnamese people. Yeah, I love them. No, I love them. But talking to them, especially like asking them about like their own culture, like it's so fun. Like just exchanging like really that's how you do it or like oh my gosh same like it's it's so surprising how different and how the same we all are and that's 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 why i think it's really great to to be here too because like um you know like you we hear like so many different stories i mean if you're able to get out of that like you know that anxiety of talking to new people or talking to people might not even understand you it's like wow like it's it's so great to like yeah to meet people of i'm just repeating myself now but you, you get what i mean you get what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's a good place that's a good point to end um our first episode you know everyone don't be afraid to step out of your shell because the world is your oyster <laughs> i think yeah so thank you to everyone for listening to our first episode. Um, we have a lot more um, discussions and episodes to come. So make sure to watch out for that. Have a great day.